Welcome to this message from Journey Church. Our hope is that you'd encounter God and His purpose for your journey. Be sure to visit us online at www.journeykc.com. Sometimes you wear stretchy pants in your room. It's for fun. Don't worry. I won't tell nobody. I'm a little concerned right now about your salvation and stuff. How come you have not been baptized? Because I never got around to it, okay? I don't know why you always have to be judging me. Because I only believe in science. But tonight, we are going up against Satan's caveman. And I just thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> All right. Today, I'm a, I'm a little worried about your salvation and stuff. So uh, <laughs> today, I want to talk about a, a message. Uh, we're starting a message series called Unmasked. And, uh, and so today, I, I've got a very simple message today. But just because I have a simple message, it doesn't mean it's an easy message. Do you hear what I'm saying? Just because I've got a simple message today, it doesn't mean it's an easy message. The message is very simple. It's this, that we all wear a mask from time to time to protect our true identity. I don't care who you are. From time to time, you're going to wear a mask of some sort to protect your true identity. It, it may be a, a mask, you know, kind of mysterious mask. Some of you guys know what this is. Some of you nerds and geeks, whatever you guys are, uh, know what this is. How many of you guys know what this one is? Okay, some of you, you don't want to admit, that's okay. Uh, but it, you might wear a mask that's kind of like a mysterious mask that you don't want anybody to really come in any further. You kind of want to distract people from who you really are. You want to kind of uh, divert attention, leave people guessing. You may wear a different type of mask. You may wear more of a superhero mask, right? How many of you guys have wear this one before? You're, where you're like, man, nothing can phase me. I can handle anything, throw anything my way. How many of you guys have ever worn that mask before that I can handle it, I can do it, it, it but on the inside, maybe it's not really the case? This one, the next one that I'm going to show you is uh, probably the most common, and, and it's this one right here. It's, I'm doing just fine. Everything's cool. There could be, your life could be just a disaster on the inside. You come into church, what happens? I'm fine. 
You, you, you could have financial problems like, like crazy, and then somebody asks you, how you doing? I'm just fine. You, you could, your marriage could be just blown up, and how you doing? Just fine. You, you could have, I mean, your kids could be just a wreck. How you doing? Just fine. You could have got a fi- on a fight, on a fight on the way to church. Anybody? Uh, see, this is why I drive separate from my wife. Just, just we drive separate times because I learned that, right? So, but we're just fine, aren't we, right? We all wear a mask from time to time. You, you may wear this mask, you know, in, in your marriage. Oh, man, we're just always this way. How are you doing? And you, oh, man, we just loving each other. You're sitting close to one another. You're holding hands, you know. Everything's always good. Some of you guys right now are just scooting a little bit closer just in case, right? But we all wear a mask from time to time. Here's the thing, though. If we wear a mask long enough, here's what happens. The mask, all of a sudden, we start to become what the mask is in a weird way. Not that we become what we're saying it is, but we become a mask wearer. We become fake. And we start to take on the identity of a mask wearer. And it doesn't matter what it is. We, and here's the deal. We can become so good at deceiving other people that we start to deceive ourselves. And we start to believe our own press reports about ourselves, that we can do it, that our things are okay, that it doesn't matter, that things are okay, things are fine. We can be so good at deceiving others that we start to believe our own press reports about ourselves, that we start to deceive ourselves into thinking that everything's okay. But here's what I've discovered. That, that only lasts so long. And even as we're putting a mask on, here's what happens. On the inside, we still know that something's not right. On the inside, we still know that there's something hollow on the inside and that something's incomplete. And so today I want to address it. And it's going to be painful, but it's going to be good. By the end of this thing, it's going to be good. All right. So I want to talk about a guy named Jacob in the Bible. How many of you guys have heard of Jacob? Here's Here's the story about Jacob. Jacob always wanted something he didn't have. He always wanted something that he was not. What he wanted to be was the firstborn. Now, Jacob had a twin brother named Esau. And Jacob always wanted to be the firstborn, but he wasn't. He was the second one that came out. The Bible says that as Esau came out of the womb, that Jacob was hanging on to his heel. And that there was fighting in the womb. Now, I don't know how that happens, but if you're twins, you're duking it out in the womb. Things are pretty bad, aren't they? But he wanted from the, he was fighting his way to be something that he was not. Why was he fighting that way? From the very beginning, because in that culture, if you were the firstborn, which Jacob wasn't, if you were the firstborn, you would get the birthright, which was an important thing, an inheritance. You would get the blessing of the father, the patriarch, which would then means that you were in charge of things, that you had a big inheritance if you were the firstborn. And so Jacob was fighting and he was willing to bluff his way, to fake his way all the way into getting whatever he wanted. He already took Esau's birthright earlier on in the story. But here we come to this point of the story where it's time for Esau, the firstborn, to get a blessing from his father Isaac. Isaac's old. His eyes are dim, the Bible says. He's, he's basically blind. He can't see. He's getting ready to die. Now it's time for him to pass the father's blessing on to Esau. He calls Esau in. Esau's a mighty hunter. He's, he's hairy. He's a hunter. He's kind of a manly man. Jacob in the Bible, he was smooth. He was kind of a, he's not so manly. He worked an office job. Uh, sorry, guys. Uh, but uh, he, he, the Bible says he was smooth-skinned, and Esau was a hairy man, you know? And so uh, Esau comes in, and, and Isaac says, man, go out there and hunt me some food. One, give me one last meal, you know? You're so good. At, you're such a hunter. Give me one last meal. That, that's your famous stew. And so Esau goes out to go hunt for the meal. And Jacob, being the mama's boy, 
Mama heard about this, and, and she says, Jacob, I want you to have the blessing. You're my favorite, so go in there to, your, to Isaac and get the blessing. And Jacob says, I can't. I've got smooth skin. You know, he's going to know it's not, it's not Esau. And so the, the mom gets Esau's clothes and puts on Esau's clothes onto Jacob. And she, it even goes further and says that, you know, because he must have been really hairy, that she put goat skin on his arms. How hairy do you have to be when it takes a goat skin on your arm to try to be like the other? And so she puts all this, so now he, he looks like Esau, he smells like Esau, and even if he, he begins to feel like Esau. So he puts on this costume or this mask, and he goes in to his father, and he goes in there, and the father says, come, how did you get back so quick? And, and Jacob says, well, the Lord bless me. And, and so Esau, or, or Isaac says, well, the voice sounds like Jacob, but you kind of smell like Esau. Come here. And so he feels him. He says, well, you feel like Esau. And so he goes on and he blesses him. And, and here's the blessing. I'll skip down in uh, Genesis chapter 27, verse 28. Here's the blessing that Isaac gives to Jacob, which was meant for Esau. It says, may God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and the plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and let nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And so he gives Jacob the blessing, what he always wanted, and Jacob scurries out. And no sooner does Jacob scurry out, does Esau come back in with the, the, the meal. And Esau says, here's the meal, father. And he says, how can this be? I've already given my blessing. And from that point on, Jacob ran from Esau, and he left, and he ran, and he was afraid of Esau. And so here's what happened. Jacob came in to his father, and he wore a mask, and he fooled his father to get a blessing. Jacob came in, he wore a mask, he fooled his father to get a blessing, but how many of you guys know he wasn't fooling God? And here's what I believe, and here's the issue I want to wrestle with today. Many of us do the same thing. We wear a mask for people to get their blessing on our life. But we're not fooling God either. And we think we're, we're okay. We think we're doing okay because we got what we wanted, but we're not fooling God, and we begin to manage our image for everyone else. How many of you guys know, though, image management is exhausting, isn't it? How many of you guys have ever got to the end of a day? And I have. I've got to the end of the day before, and I just all day long had to try to have conversations that I thought would be, meet everybody's expectations. I had relationships. I tried to present myself in a way I had to speak well in front of this person. I had to look super spiritual over here, or I'd lose some of my, my credibility or influence over here. I had to pretend like to this person over here that I didn't really care what they thought, but on the inside, I'm up in knots because I really do care. How many of you guys know you get to the end of the day and you're just exhausted from managing your image all day long? Image management is exhausting. And you begin to feel, how many of you guys have ever felt like, I'm always letting people down? If you, you get to that point, here's what happens. You either spiral into a depression, if you're always letting people down, or you end up settling for a fake life. And I think more often than not, what many people do, instead of spiraling into a depression, we will settle and be content with a fake projection of ourselves. That's what Jacob did that's, am I talking to anybody here today? I know I am because I'm talking to humanity, and that's the way we are, okay? There's not a single person in this room who this hasn't applied to at some point in your life. So, so open up your heart today and just say, Lord, what do you have to speak to me today about this? Because maybe there's something I need to hear. 
And, and so we get to feeling this way. And how many of you guys know that it's miserable when you're carrying some sort of burden on the inside, when you feel like if people find out about this, they may not like me very much. It, it's miserable being carrying this burden thinking, man, if, if this gets out, Man, if this comes to light, people may not see me in the same way. And so you take a lot of work to maintain this. And, and it's so bad that the need to share that with somebody is so compelling that people will actually share secrets to complete strangers to try to get something off their chest because it's so hard to live with that. In 2004, there was this businessman in Maryland. He decided to do an experiment, and he decided that he was going to get these 3,000 postcards, self-addressed stamp, back to him, and place them all over the city, and he asked people to share their deepest, darkest secrets and just randomly, anonymously mail them back to him. And uh, 3,000 of them, and all of them came back to him, like, like everybody, just all these anonymous secrets. Within the next four years, over 300,000 of them kept coming back. People kept sharing their anonymous secrets. Now there's a, a website where like million, years and years, millions of these things have come through. I'm going to share just a couple that I, I saw this week on this website. And here's one of them. Just random. They'll just send them in. No one knows that they have to get it off their chest. I wish I could go back to how I was before drugs. I liked her better. I've never felt more lost. Anonymous, they had to tell somebody because they could not tell anybody around them. Let me throw you another one. I plan on leaving you with half our savings once our child graduates college. They're counting down the days. This is a real person. Show you another one. After all the charges were dropped, I moved to a new state and started drinking again. Let me give you another one. Your children tell me they wish I was their mother, but I'm a much better teacher than I am a mother. I take better care of your children than I do my own. My kids get the short end of the stick. Real, just heartbreaking, heart-wrenching things that they know about themselves, but there's no way they would ever dare share openly. I think I got one more. I hate my wife, but I can't leave her. I'm a diabetic, and her job has health insurance. Now, there's millions of these, and I don't mean to depress you this morning, but I do feel like I have to do something to break through the mask that I believe every single person here is wearing in some shape or form today. I have to get you to understand the weight. And you say, well, I may not be in that spot. But every single person here has something like that or some area where we guard and we won't let anyone else in. And, and so I, I love this quote. It says, a person with integrity has nothing to hide and nothing to fear. A person with integrity has nothing to hide and nothing to fear. I love that quote, but the reverse of that has to be true. If there's something not hole on the inside of you, if there's something that, that you don't have integrity, then you're always hiding and always living in fear. The problem is we've just gotten so good at it. And because we've gotten so good at it, we, we've become numb to it. And we end up, you know, we're in this social media age, Pastor Aaron mentioned Facebook, you know, we, we end up staging our life on Instagram, on Pinterest, on Facebook, and we end up, you know, how many of you guys have ever cropped a photo before to make it look good, or maybe staged a photo just right, or put a filter, how many of you guys have just owned it right now? You've cropped a photo, you've staged a photo, you've filtered a photo somewhere to make it look better than what it actually did. Anybody at all? Oh, you guys are liars. Man, you guys need to own it up. You're in church, for crying out loud. You're in church. Come on. 
I, I know. I, I, I mean, I, I've got one up. It's on, on my, my Facebook right now. It's like my perfect cup of coffee out there because I just, you know, I just staged it just right, you know. And we all do that, but we do that with our life too. You realize that we'll, we'll crop photos of our life and we'll let you see this part, but it's what we've left out that's the problem. We'll, we'll stage something in our life so that you see this way or we'll filter something that you only see what we let you see in the way we want you to see it. And we do that with our life. And fake has become a default setting in our life. Did you hear what I said? Fake has become a default setting in our life. It just seems to happen and we don't even have to try. You, you may be here this morning and you say, why mess with this? It seemed to work out for Jacob. I mean, didn't Jacob get what he wanted? He got the birthright, didn't he? He got the blessing. He got the inheritance. It worked out for Jacob, didn't it? And it's kind of working out for me right now. I mean, I'm, I'm managing my image pretty well. I'm holding it together. And, and, and Lord knows if I let people know the real me, my life would fall apart. So this is really actually working. Why even mess with this area? Well, the truth is that it's not working. The truth is that down deep, if you pull back the layers, I believe on the inside, many of us are dying on the inside under the weight of pretending and trying to live up the expectations of life. I believe there's something on the inside of us that is dying on the inside. We're losing who God created us to be. It's not working out so well. And, and even when you think it's working out so well, every single person who says, this is working out well, here's the reality. I believe you would also admit that you want to change and grow in God and you wonder why it doesn't happen. You wonder why you're not a better spouse when you try so hard. You wonder why you, you keep blowing up your kids. When, you wonder why you can't move on. And I'm going to give you the answer as to why you feel stuck. Why you feel like, I cannot move on. It's not, I'm not growing in God. I'm not growing as a, as a spouse. I'm not growing as a parent. I'm not growing. Uh, here's the answer. This one line, I heard this week, this one line encapsulates the whole sermon. And I want you to get it. Here, here it is. This, you write it down or whatever. God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. God isn't going to work on who you pretend to be. He works on who you are. And if we're always asking God to start with the mask that we've put on and to make us either like that mask or take the mask from there on out, God doesn't start there. God starts with who we really are. And if we will not acknowledge before others who we really are, and if we will not acknowledge even before God who we really are, and we're not acknowledging to ourselves what the real problems are, God isn't working on us. Because God only works on who we really are, not who we pretend to be. God won't bless that. You go back to Genesis 32. A lot of Jacob's life has happened. He's had a lot of turmoil. A lot of life has happened. He's getting ready to face his brother, and he's, he's scared. He, his whole thing is getting ready to come down, and, and, and all of a sudden, he has an encounter with God, an angel of the Lord, in Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. Look at this. We're going to see a, a key to open up and to unlock something in our lives today. It says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. So he's wrestling with the angel of the Lord, with God himself. Then he says, let me go for the day is broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Do you see these parallels where Jacob conned his own father out of a blessing and he craved that blessing for so long? 
And now here he is with God, and he says, no, God, I really want you to bless me. See, God cannot bless who you pretend to be. He's craving now for God's blessing. Now look what happens. And he says, I won't let you go. And so the angel of the Lord says, what is your name? And Jacob said, he said, Jacob. And then he said, your name will no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, what is, why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. Here's what I want you to see. It wasn't until Jacob admitted who he really was, then God blessed him. Because God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you really are. God doesn't work with who you pretend to be. He starts with who you really are. And it was only when he admitted who he really was, that he wasn't Esau, that he was Jacob, that all of a sudden God changed his identity and began to grow him. Listen, you and I are not going to grow any further in God. We're not going to grow any further. I don't believe we're going to have great friendships. I don't believe we're going to have great marriages. I don't believe we're going to have great relationships until we start taking off the mask and say, this is who I really am. Now, let me just tell you about my mask, okay? See, I'm not, I don't consider at least myself the kind that is putting up fake things, but I, I do acknowledge that it's not like a fake thing, but I think it could be incomplete. I'm more of a cropped photo guy, okay? rather than a filtered or, or a staged. And so what I, I do sometimes is, is it's easy for me to, to crop a photo out of my life because I want you to see certain parts. It, it's kind of like this. I've got some, some pictures of, this is what we do on, on Facebook or Instagram. Put up this one. It's so nice to chill by the pool. And you're looking at that on Facebook. And then all of a sudden you know that the real picture is this one over here. This, this is the real picture. Do you see how many guys have ever done something like that, right? Or it's like this, you've got a father with a kid, man, he's just having a great time. If you, that's the crop photo, but if you see the whole photo, it's really this. This is what's really going on, right? Or this, this one where the dad's playing with the kid, oh, he's having a good time swinging him. But if you look at the real picture, here's the real picture right there. That's what's really going on. And the same is true in our own lives. That Take it off, yeah, take it off, because you guys are wondering what happened next, it's, probably hospital visit. That's probably what happened next. So, so here's what I'll do. I want you to see that, man, I, I'm, a, I'm an aggressive, hard worker, and I've got strong work ethic. I want you to see that. I, I want you to see that I, I love my wife, and I love my kids a lot. I want you to see that I'm serious about following God, and that I'll, I'll go after God with, with, with great passion and great strength, and I don't just go after God. I want you to see those things, that I'm a serious leader, and I take it seriously. Listen, I don't believe those things are untrue about me, but I think they're incomplete. Because I think I have a tendency of cropping the photo. Because, you know, there's sometimes when, even though I, I want you to see that I'm a serious leader, there's a lot of times when I just want to goof off. I just want to be sarcastic about things. I want to be cynical from time to time. There are times I don't even like my kids. They're in this room, so they're right here, you know. Love you guys. They do things. How many of you guys, you know, you do things, you're like, you, you kids' brains fall out? What's going on with this? What happened? What, I can't even communicate. What language is that? It's teenager. That's what it is. There are times when my marriage is not great. But I can crop a good photo. You see, it's not untrue, but how do you guys know that half the truth is not the truth? So is it true or not? 
And, and so this is what we do in life. We wear masks, we crop photos. But listen, if I were to ask God, God bless that serious leader, that aggressive follower of you, that person who's got the great marriage, that person, God bless that person, work on me to, to even go further. God's saying, I don't do that. I don't bless who you pretend to be. I bless who you are, and I start from there, and I work from that point on. And the same was true for Jacob. God would not bless Jacob until he admitted who he really was, until he took off the mask, and then God worked on his identity and changed his identity. The same is true for us. Uh, 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 a guy I know, he tweeted out this on Twitter. Some of you guys are like, what did he just say? Uh, some of you guys from a different generation. I, he tweeted this out on Twitter, but he said this. In our, in our Facebook generation, we're living for likes, but we're longing for love. And we're putting our life out there to see how many people will like it. But on the inside, we're really longing for love. Now, here's the truth of the matter. Here's, the, here's what I want you to get. If I'm wearing this, I'm doing just fine mask all the time. I can't give love, genuine love, from this mask. Because it's only love that comes from this mask. But here's the sad thing for a lot of people in this room. You can't receive genuine love if you're wearing this mask. Because the only thing getting the love is the mask. And on the inside, you're rotting on the inside and you feel like, I don't, why am I not feeling love? Why am I feeling this hole on the inside? It's because we have not taken off the mask. It's because we've not dropped it. You cannot give or receive love through this mask. Only the mask is getting it. Okay, Because God doesn't bless who you pretend to be. He blesses who you are. And, and so we've got to, that's why we feel empty inside. Now, the whole message is coming down to this. What if God had a plan for us to live free from all of that? What if you could close your eyes and just for a moment, imagine what it would be like to have no secrets, to be completely free? What if you could close your eyes and imagine if people would just love you for who you really are, not who you pretend to be? I believe that's God's plan for our life. I believe that he's given us a way to do that. You won't grow and change if you pretend there's not a problem. Listen, wearing the mask isn't even always the problem. That's just masking the real problem that we're trying to hide. So how do we deal with the real problem we're trying to hide? I'm going to tell you something that is going to be very simple, but not easy. It's going to be very simple, but not easy. It's going to be tough, but it's not easy. And it's this, you've got to own it. You've got to own it. First of all, you've got to own who you are, but you've also got to bring it into the light. The Bible says if you want to stop wearing a mask, then you have to bring something into the light. You have to begin to walk into the light. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 9 says this, This is the message that we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, but when we walk in darkness, we lie. We don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, which we're pretty good at. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, the only way to overcome dark areas of our life is to let light shine on them. You cannot overcome a dark area by keeping it darker. The only way is to somehow bring that into the light. Now, remember when I said it was simple but not easy? Because as soon as you bring it to the light, you don't know what happens next. Okay? 
Let me give you just a small example in, in my life. See, because I'm like this, you guys know when I preach, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate. I mean, I'm really excited about this. I can get real animated, passionate about this. It happens in all areas of my life. It happens when I worship. It happens when I play. It happens when I work. It's just, how many of you guys are that way? I know some of you guys. Man, you're just all on all the time, right? It happens in my marriage, too. So if I have conversations, conversations can easily become something more than a conversation. How <laughs> many of you guys know what I'm talking about? right? Because I'm in it. I'm all, I mean, I'm there. I'm, God made me, wired me this way for a purpose, but it can also be used in other ways. And I remember one time my wife and I, years ago, we were having a discussion, quote unquote, discussion, right? How many of you guys have had many of those discussions? How many of you guys had one of those on the way to church? Okay, some, uh, had a discussion. And I remember this moment when I said these words. I said, I'm not mature enough to have this conversation. And I realized, boy, I'm expected to be mature enough, aren't I? I'm supposed to be mature enough to handle this conversation. I want to be mature enough to handle this conversation. But when I admitted out loud that I was not emotionally mature enough to handle the conversation and I stepped away from it, what did I do? I brought something out that was dark and I brought it out to the light. Do you know what? When I said that I was not emotionally enough, mature enough to handle the conversation, guess what happened? I matured a little bit. I actually became more mature by admitting who I really was. What did I do? I took something that was in the dark and I brought it to the light. The only way you're going to stop and, and live free from the mask is by, bring, by painfully bringing something that's in the dark out into the light. Simple, but it ain't easy, is it? It's not even easy for us to admit that to ourselves many times. Here's what a lot of people do. This, the two different approaches people take to walk into the light. One, wait till I get caught and then confess. Right? How many of you guys have ever taken that? Let me tell you, confessing after you get caught is not confessing. It's simply stating the obvious. It's not confessing. Another approach people say is, yes, I want to walk in the light. I really do want to walk in the light. But, but I'm going to clean up this one big mess first so that no one else knows about it, and then I'll start walking in the light from there on out. Problem, it probably isn't going to work because you've tried for so long to clean it up anyway, and it bypasses the whole point of confession. You see, we, we, the, the thing about confession is, is it's, it's more powerful than you understand. Listen, over the years I've had teenagers come and confess to me many things. They've had suicidal thoughts or they've did all these things. I've, I've had uh, people confess to me things about their marriages and, and demonic activity, drug abuse. I mean, everything under the sun, stuff that's so personal I can't even tell it, stuff that's so bizarre, you would, and they're probably sitting beside you today, okay? I'm just saying. I, that was supposed to be a joke. Uh, but it is. It, no, seriously. So... So many things. But here's the, the path to freedom starts with confession. Here's what we've got to understand. You say, why confess? God already knows all about what I've done. Why do I have to confess this to God? Because confession is not so much for God as it is for us. When we confess something, what we're doing is we're stating. We're, it's like this. We're, we're tapping out and we're saying, God, I confess. I need you. It's not like going to a priest and, and like in a dark, like in a movie and all that type of stuff. No, it's just tapping on and saying, God, I confess. I admit it. I need you. And thank you for your grace. Confession is more for us than it is for God. But one of the most painful things that you will have to go through most likely in this, this thing that I'm talking about today is, 
when you have to confess something and bring something into the light to someone else around you. And here's what the Bible says. Last scripture in James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Listen, proactively revealing something, bringing it into the light, forces you to deal with it. The Bible says here that we confess things to one another, not so we can get our sins forgiven, but so that healing can happen. I've had many times, and let me just say this. Many times God in his mercy will allow something that you've hidden to come to light even without your permission. Now listen to what I said. God in his mercy allows something that's dark in your life to come to light without your permission. How many of you guys have ever been caught like that before with God? You're like, what happened? And you thought it was the judgment of God. It was not the judgment of God. It was the mercy of God. Because he knew that it, this needed to come to light so that you could walk free. And listen, some, some people are, are so scared to bring something from the dark into the light. I promise you, yes, it might be a little bit messy, but here's what will happen. Healing will start to happen. Just by bringing it out, something new, something fresh, something it brings, it's like a wound that now has fresh air to be able to heal. We're going to receive communion. And what this represents is Jesus' blood and Jesus' body that was broken for us. Jesus paid way too high of a price for us to live wearing a mask. Jesus paid way too high of a price for us to live hiding our sin because Jesus took care of our sin. Amen? He paid way too high of a price. And so today, here's what we're going to do. Would you guys stand up with me as we get ready to close? We're going to come to the table as they sing this song. And we're going to grab these elements of communion. We're going to take them back to our seats. There's tables here. There's tables in the back. And we're going to sit there at, the, at, the, at our seat. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to just honestly open before God. Remember his sacrifice and say, Lord, is there a part of my heart that I've kept hidden and I've kept in the dark that I need to bring into light before me and you? And then also, Lord, is there a part of my life that is in the dark that I need to bring to the light to someone that I love? Listen, I can tell you, there, there may be friends here that are going to have an uncomfortable conversation. There may be Spouses that are going to have to have uncomfortable conversations. There are going to be relationships that as you bring things from the dark, and I know it's dangerous, but I'm telling you, it's the only way to be healed when you take something that's in the dark and bring it to the light. So I want to pray for you. We're going to come, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and deal with us. And my prayer for us today is that as we walk out of this place, that we would walk freer and more genuine people, and that God would begin to take us from where we really are to where he wants us to be. Lord, we thank you so much for your grace and for your goodness. And it doesn't matter how big of a mask we've put on today. Lord, your grace can break through all of that. And it covers all of our sin. It wipes it all away. And Lord, as we come to the table today, Lord, I pray that you would keep it at the forefront of our heart and the forefront of our mind who you really are and how much you've really done for us. And Lord, reveal to us those areas of our heart that we need to change and grow and take down the mask in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's come receive. For the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. The great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is great. 
tells me of the guilt within upward I look and see him there who made an end to all my sin because the sinless Savior died my sinful soul is counted free for God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me to look on him and pardon me behold him there the risen land my perfect my righteousness my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God, one with Himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by His blood, my life is hid with Christ on high. Christ my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. Lord, we thank you, God, for your grace, for your mercy. Lord, I pray that as we leave this place, Lord, we'd walk out freer and lighter today as we walk in your life. Lord, I pray that we'd have Holy Spirit boldness and courage to walk in the life that you created us to live. And Lord, as we own who we are, Lord, that you would change us into what you meant us to be. Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give Jesus a hand clap as we leave? Amen. All right. Thanks, guys, for coming. Next week, Unmasked 2, we'll see you then.
We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information about Journey Church or to browse our media library, visit us online at journeykc.com.